hello and welcome to thanks for asking or maybe i should say welcome back i'm still doris <laughs> your runaway podcaster the biggest runaway podcaster the world of podcasting has ever seen um it's been a hot minute but one thing i like about myself is that whenever i come back i come back like i never ever left so if you've always been on this ride with me i know you're not surprised at all <laughs> um but here i am how's everyone doing hope your year has been good hope you had a great easter celebration if you celebrate easter um welcome back to the thanks for asking podcast but i i cannot lie i've missed recording i just feel so good right now as i'm doing this um and i would say i was pushed to do this because um i hit one year in canada yesterday yeah the 15th of april 2023 marks my one year in Canada. And so I shared a post, a lengthy post on Instagram. I'm not even proud of that post. I think I'm just going to go pull it down because I'm aching myself. You know, I'm like, who asked you all these plenty things, right? So um, anyway, I shared the post and I was talking about my journey, right? The lesser known fact, something that a lot of people do not know had that happened to me. And I got a lot of questions, you know, how did it happen? You know, people couldn't wrap their heads around it. Or some people said podcast, podcast. I was like, okay, finally, maybe this is my, <laughs> this is the, the sign I'm looking for to sit down and record a podcast and maybe just talk about it. But my only worry really is, hmm. I mean, and when people move abroad, like most of their content or what they talk about is like how to do this abroad, how to do that abroad. So I'm, I'm trying my best not to fall into that, that category of people that just, share everything they're talking about is their move everything is about their move they're settling they're this they're that to be very honest i don't want to be that so i could have shared this story a long time ago but i I was just saying to myself like man how many things you want to talk about like there's several things to share my last episode of this podcast i was talking about how for every single outcome you see there are several processes there are several wheels that we're turning for those outcomes to happen so imagine if i came here and talked about every single process you know i would have content for like i mean three years and running but i really i also look at podcasts as a consumer of podcasts because that's all i listen to um and i know the kind of things i enjoy hearing so if someone is coming to talk about the same thing over and over after a while i'm like okay we've heard so that was one of the reasons why for this year, I wanted to really just, you know, sit down and do a proper strategy, strategy, oh Lord, proper strategization. Is there even a word like that? I suppose there is, right? I just really wanted to strategize and know what I was coming to talk about on the podcast. I didn't want it to be about my Canada journey. That's all, you know, in fact, this one year anniversary is a good time to dead that topic, right? I'm here now. I'm here for, I'm going to be here for a long time. So <laughs> let me just give you guys this last story time of something very very interesting that happened before i got here so you guys already know about the application process and all that jazz for everybody that has ever applied for the canada um, express entry program the hugest milestone the best milestone is the when you receive the invitation to apply right so i received mine and i applied on the 28th of september 2020 that's when i hit the submit button let me explain for a lot of maybe some people don't understand how it works once you hit the submit button if you log into your profile there is a 
there's a status bar that starts to show up that shows you, you know, how your application is progressing. At the time when I submitted, it was, it had a timeline of six months. It's like the, the Canada Immigration's um, SLA with you saying to you, we're going to take six months to process your application. Um, so hold us to it. Like, and they also put a lot of disclaimers saying this is just indicative. It doesn't mean that it's set in stone. It could take longer. It could take shorter. But this is based on the average time that we've been processing applications. It's been six months and blah, blah. And this happened. I applied in the thick of COVID. Everywhere was shut down. People could not even travel to Canada. So I was like, okay, six months, right? No problem. But like every other hopeful immigrant that's applying through the system, maybe once every month, I'll just go into the portal and check, how is it going? Oh, oh, they've asked me to go and submit my biometrics, you know? So I'll go and do every step they ask for, I'll do, you know? I was doing all those things and things were going on fine. Just towards the end of November, I submitted at the end of September. Like the last two days, I submitted on the 28th of September. I believe it was like the, the 19th of November. I got an email to go and submit my biometrics. That's also an important milestone. That's when you go to like, um, what do they call those people now? Oh, Lord. I don't know, like um, Visa, VFS. Or VFS, I mean VMS. VFS, those people that, that's, I think that's where you also submit your UK application for your visa, South Africa. There's some people that, that's, those are the people you use to submit. Oh, no, so I'm mixing it up. UK application is TLS. Whilst other countries use VFS, like South Africa, when I submitted to South Africa, it was VFS, Greece, some Schengen countries as well use VFS. So that's when you go there and go and give them your biometrics, like your fingerprint. I submitted that and I was happy. At least they are even looking at my application. Some people had been waiting for years. They had not even progressed. So I was like, oh, this is nice. Submitted. <sighs> this is where everything starts to go crazy. Right. I'm going to say it from my own point of view and probably tell you what the Canada government was seeing from their own point of view. So I submitted that thing and we had had a very rough year with COVID. My friends and I decided to travel to Ghana for our Christmas. So myself, Fumi, Queen, Angola, we booked a flight, booked our hotels, booked all our, our trips, everything we wanted to do in Ghana. Had everything. We formed a group called... <laughs> Accra trip must happen because we've always talked about going to Accra, going to different places and we never do it. So I think I was the one who set up that WhatsApp group and I said, this one must happen. So we're all going to go. So it was like, you know, we had already held ourselves accountable even before, before the fact to say we must make this trip happen. So yeah, that was all that was on my mind. You know, oh, I've submitted this Canada thing. I was just going to take it on time. I'm going to go to Ghana. So I did go to Ghana. We had the best time in Ghana and we came back at the start of 2021, right? And then I started to wait. I will tell you guys something funny. So one thing that my brother-in-law that was really helping me and coaching me through the Canada process said to me, send them an email and ask them where your, where your file is being um, processed, like what immigration office is working on your file. I was like, okay. I sent them an email and they replied and said, we're working on your file in Accra office, Accra immigration office. I told him, oh, they say it's Accra office. He said, hey, <laughs> For my non-Nigerian listeners, hey, whoa. Like, the exclamation is like, no way, no freaking way. Of all the places they could have sent your application, that's the worst place they send their people's application. People have been waiting for three years. People have been waiting for two years. Accra is notorious for holding down people's applications. Niger- Ghanaians don't like Nigerians, you know? So, my mind, I'm like, okay. I have this... <laughs> I have this funny belief in, I won't call it belief, Shabo. 
Muffy's love for me, sometimes when something happens to me, I'm like, of course, anything that can go wrong will go wrong as far as his door is, right? So I always used to say that thing, especially when we were growing up, like, <laughs> in, boarding, in boarding school, I used to get punished a lot and bullied and all that. People would do things and get away with it, like, ah, I remember, let me remember this thing. We had one field coming from our, our hostel, going to class or going to dining hall. They had a field, right, that was to the left. If you walk on that field, it's like you're going, you're passing like a diagonal. So it shortens your distance by half, right? You're not supposed to walk on the field though, because obviously we're girls that are grooming for the future. We're supposed to walk on the pavement, walk on the road. So you're going to do like an L shape to go to the dining hall. But if you go on the field, you're going to do like a diagonal, right? So you're cutting away the L, you're just going through the middle to the dining hall. People will be passing there every day. <laughs> God. Every day, Queen, my friend, can attest to this thing. Every day, we'll be there going to dining hall. We see people walking on the field. We see people, well, I'm wondering, ah, is field, down, is field allowed? No problem. The day Doris Oji decides that, okay, let's pass the field now. <laughs> we'll be walking, oh. JJ inside the field. When we get to the middle, you just hear, all of you kneel down. You people are very stupid. You people, you want to show that you don't listen to instructions. I will deal with you today. I'll say, why always me? Why is it that it's today that I decided to break the law that they are, they are deciding to enforce the punishment, right? So when I heard that I had been pushed to Accra, all the people that, that at least my neighbor upstairs that was actually like also coaching me locally in this sense, like he was in Lagos with me saying, do like this. He said his own application was being processed in Ottawa. Most people were like, oh, my own is in... I don't know, Sydney office. Nice, nice places, oh. <laughs> I'm not saying Accra is not nice. You guys know I love Accra, right? But th- I was the only person that heard that my application was being done in within Africa, like I mean Accra. And then I had a lot of things like, ah, they even have a special WhatsApp group for people that are Accra because, you know, they used to write the immigration people. They used to even write members of the parliament to say, please, so our, our thing has stayed for so long. So I'm, I'm, I'm establishing this because once you've been told that, oh, your application is going to be processed at the very worst place that anybody wants the application to be processed, you know, you just feel like, okay, well, by God's grace, or oh God have mercy or not, so that kind of thing. And just carry on with life. So when we're in Accra, we're going somewhere for lunch or something, and we're passing by the Accra, the Canada immigration center they had like a huge sign in front of the thing a nice place and i said to my friends oh this is where they are oh this is the canada um, a crap place that they are processing my application abby hmm you would better take your better hurry up oh you know we just bantered and we laughed about this thing must have been happening around the 28th of december 29th of december so we finished though came back to nigeria on the 2nd of january started of the new year and i started to wait every other month i'll go into my application the bar was just, you know, not even moving at all. The bar was not moving. So I was like, okay. They've already told me that my application, the place they are doing my application takes a long time. So I'm just going to wait it out. When it got to April, which would be the six months, the ideal six months from the time, the bar disappeared altogether. So I said, oh, right. Yeah. They want to take away the bar so that I cannot, you know, say to them that you guys said this will be done by this time, whatever, whatever. So I continued to wait. Then... I booked a trip for my summer vacation. I was going to go to London. Bought my ticket, bought everything. I was going to leave. So I texted my brother-in-law. I was like, oh, I'm, I'm going away. I'm going away for three weeks. Um, you know, summer. He was like, how far Canada now? I was like, I don't know. These people are still taking their time. He now said, there is a, there's a document that you can request for. You can pay for it. 
they will tell you the current state of your application like you know where is it right now whose table is it on whatever whatever and because you know all these civilized countries have what they call information sharing some kind of um, standards they stand they, they, they hold there so if you request for your information they have to provide it to you something like that so I, I requested for the thing and i traveled to the uk so i think it was like two days to the end of my trip i think at the beginning of september 2021 that I got the email saying that they had sent me the document that had all the information about my application. So I looked at it and turned the first page, turned the second page. One thing I found out was they said approved. I was so happy. I was like, oh my God, my application has already been approved. God is faithful. Oh my God. So I'm literally just waiting for, my, for them to ask me for my passport now. Ah, da, 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 da. That's really nice. I must say, when I moved to Lagos, my plan, my, my plan was always to stay in Lagos for two years, regardless of when my PR came. I wanted to go and experience the new city, you know, get new experience, you know, with my job, just, you know. So I had already discussed with my mentor and she was saying to me, I had called her to complain about something else. I think I wasn't happy with the offer, the pay and everything. She's like, my dear, you know, you're not going to stay there for long. So just learn. Use the opportunity to learn. Shebi Canada is still taking their time. Eh, just calm down. The plan is, good or bad, I don't want you to stay in Nigeria for more than two years. You know, just adapt, learn, whatever, whatever. So it was like, what I want to do is stay back, learn all of this stuff and uh, enjoy this new city and be independent because that's, that was the first time I was living on my own. Before I left for my master's in the UK, I lived with my mother. So it was like a new era and i was actually open to experiencing that so i was like okay no problem so i showed my brother-in-law the, the long the thing is like 100 pages or this docket or this you know this this zip file <laughs> for lack of a better word right that they sent to you lots of pages every single thing about your application the first day you logged in and opened your express entry profile everything is there so i, I sent my brother-in-law he also looked at it we're like okay he's like okay that that means they don't know that we'll just be waiting on this now maybe and i'd also at this time there, there was no travel to canada like they had they, you could you could travel if you have a pr you can travel but they had banned trips from nigeria or something so some people were able to travel you know if you show pr you can go but it wasn't like flights were allowed or something so i came back to nigeria from my trip and i was just chilling two weeks past three weeks past i think it was beginning of october one night if you don't man, i don't want to i don't want to go spiritual share but something weighed it in my heart that go and read that document properly if they said approved there's also somewhere where they said counterfoil issued or something like that what are they talking about? Like, it's a hundred page document, but what are you doing? Just calm down. So this was around 11. Imagine 11 something. I opened my computer, brought out this PDF, and I started reading it line by line by line. Then I got to one page. Somewhere, maybe around page 83 out of 100 and something. I saw a line that says, <laughs> the line said, Visa request letter, the passport request letter finally sent on December 17, 2020 after Accra mailbox issue. So it was like a note that the officer was writing for the next person that is going to process it saying, we finally sent the email on December 17, 2020 following the mailbox issue. And I said mailbox issue. And I read, we read what, the, what was on top before this. And I saw that the batch 
my batch of emails that was supposed to go out was supposed to go out on December 10th, one week before that day. But there was a mailbox issue and it could not go or my mine did not go. So they now sent it to me on the 17th of December, 2020. I was like, I didn't get any mail. What are you guys talking about? Like, are you joking? But at least that made me wonder, like, ah, how can they say they sent a mail? What is this about? Like, mail? Is it like physical letter? Is it whatever? I opened my email, searched Canada, waiting, waiting. No, nothing. Nothing came back. I searched Accra. Nothing came back. Immigration. I used every keyword you can use to search. Nothing came back. There was nothing. I was like, okay, they didn't send me anything. So what I'm going to do tomorrow morning, I'm going to send them an email saying, I've just read from my notes that you guys were supposed to have sent me an email. I haven't seen any email, whatever, whatever. You know that kind of thing? That was the email I was planning to draft. Something just said to me, go scroll down and go and look for that date. So I started going, you know, using my computer now, my mail, the mail app on your computer, right? I started looking, 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 looking. I went to December 2020. There were several emails about Accra because I had traveled tonight to, to Ghana with my friends. So there were flight bookings that had Accra there. There was um hotel. There was Airbnb. There were several things that had Accra, like keywords, Accra, Accra. I was like, no problem. I was just filtering to, through. Then I went and I just got to the, the point where it says December 17, 2020. And right there was an email that said, passport request letter for Doris Oji. You put my passport, no, my immigration, whatever number, blah, 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 blah. I was like, what in the world? My world, as in that, literally they say your world comes crashing down. I was like, huh? So I looked at it again and then I double clicked and the thing opened. And it was like, dear Doris, congratulations. We want to let you know that we have finished processing your application. Please submit your passport for your visa. Um, even though that flats, flights are not currently allowed from Nigeria, but you can, once your visa is issued, you can, you can explore these options to go to Canada. You can get your COVID results, you know? Ah, you guys, man. I screamed. I, I, as I let out a huge scream, I just dropped my computer fell on the floor and i was in a trance i've not felt that kind of you know it's emotional pain that trans translates to physical pain i could not understand i was like what have i done what have i done doris oji i was clicking on this thing clicking on this thing like this email was there i called my brother-in-law i said he couldn't even hear me from the way I was crying and talking and screaming and yelling. And I was like, they sent me this thing. They sent me. He was like, they sent you what? I was like, the email is here. The email. He said, what email? I said, the passport request letter is here. brother was like, what? When did they send it? I said, since December 2020. This was almost 10 months 10 months in, or 11 months, if you're counting. I mean, it was almost a year. I would say it was about 10 months. The visa had expired. They wrote it there. That you have 30 days to submit your passport using any of these means. You know, they will tell you to take a passport photograph, tell them your, your eye color, your this, your that, several things. If we do not receive your response in, in, in 30 days, we assume, or the Canada government, you know, takes it that you do not want this application again. And if you still want to come to Canada, you have to start your application again. Oh, when I got so that, I got, I was like, oh, no. Nah. It's all over, Jackie. It's all over. 
So I was crying, crying. My brother and I was like, oh my God, you may have to, do, you may have to start, start this application all over again. I was like, start all over again? At this point, they had closed. <laughs> God, you guys. They were no longer doing draws. Oh. They stopped doing the immigration draws they do with your ITT. I forgot to know these terms now, with your scores and all of that. They stopped it for a long time. For over a year, they, were, they, were, they, were, they weren't doing anything anymore. So I was like, start all over as what? For what? Like, every time you clock, you do a new bir- a birthday with Canada Immigration, you lose five points. So I, I'd already had a birthday in November before I applied, so I was already going to be five points less. So there are just several factors that are going to work against me starting all over again. And I was like, come on. I called my friends, and I was screaming. I was, I swear... In fact, it's actually a very thin line between sanity and insanity. And something small like this, something you consider really small, can actually tip you over the edge. I, I, I could not express this pain in words. I was just hyperventilating and crying. I know that I have anxiety sometimes, right? So imagine someone that struggles with anxiety going through something like this it was a huge panic attack physically i was shaking i mean i don't want to describe i don't it can only be described because i was alone in my house there was nobody with me so everything everybody was talking was talking to them on the phone as i'm talking to this person this person is calling me back everybody's just trying to say everybody was trying to stabilize me like when you calm down when you calm down when you calm down in the midst of all of this, I called my sister Linda in Portacot at the time. And I said, Linda, see what happened. Linda was like, Jesus is Lord. Like, everybody was so shocked. Like, what? How? Then I, maybe I was talking to somebody else and Linda said they're calling me back. Linda was calling me back. This was almost like, at this point, it was like 1 a.m. I was like, what's Linda calling me back for? I'll call her back. Linda sent me, she got sent me a screenshot. And I think that screenshot was what brought me back to earth. Linda sent me a screenshot that said, I forgot to submit my passport after two years. What am I going to do? How do I contact IRFCC? Do I have to start all over again? Something like that. Somebody was asking that question on Quora or Reddit or one of these forums. So Linda saw that there was a response that was favorable and whatever. She was like, oh, you read what I sent you, read what I sent you. So I opened the thing, the screenshot, and I looked at it and so somebody now came and responded to that guy's one and said please please how did you sort this out i'm also in the same shoes i did not see my own letter for 12 months and that person said 14 months i was like ah this is our whatsapp group are plenty then the guy that started the original thread now came back to say oh no it, it was fine i just reached out to them and they they asked me to go and do some more documentation medicals and all of that i'm even in canada now working as a something something that was what the guy said Whew. When Linda sent me that thing, it just brought me down to earth. Like, okay, all hope is not lost, first of all. So, calm down. That helped me sleep that night. I'm lying, I did not sleep. I was still sitting down like this and looking at myself. You know how in Nigeria movie, somebody will sit down like this when, when they lose somebody and they will fold their arms over each other and be like, hmm, hmm. They will look at each other and say, hmm, are you seeing what I'm seeing? That kind of thing. That was how I was pensive throughout the night. I couldn't wait for daybreak. I couldn't wait because I was like, this email, I'm going to send these people in. Hey, God. Chai. Aquarian. Like, Aquarian Igbo means <laughs> tears of sorrow. When the person that opens this email reads, the person is going to be like, ah, God. I 
my heart is, my heart strings are have been talked that I need to help this this person whoever this person is. So I was just waiting. I was like, let let morning come. Morning came. I called my boss and I said, sorry, I'm not feeling well. I cannot. Before before morning, six a.m. seven a.m. I think Frank was the first person in my house. My friend Frank, Jennifer Obiajulu as well. She came straight to my house before I even going to work. She just came. She was like, don't say anything. She just said it. She just hugged me. She just hugged me. She said. Don't no words. Ah, she heard me. I was crying. So everybody, my friends left. No, I think my friends left here, and it was me by myself. And I had this, <laughs> I had this artwork in my house. Then it was a newspaper clipping, a magazine clipping that I cut out because I did, I did some of that for my house in Lagos, where I had sort of framed some mag- magazine clip, clip, clippings. There was something there that was the perfectionist. So I had, you know, that's how much I sort of related to whatever I was saying. It was something unrelated, to be fair. If you know how my mind works, it's like, I'm always like looking for hidden clues and cues and very, I relate to things that are, that are maybe missed by the naked eye. So to be very honest, I don't think they were trying to say, oh, I'm a perfectionist. That's not what the article was talking about. It was something related to color choices when you're doing interior design and how something, something, something. But I, was, I just like that caption, the, the perfectionist. That was why I framed it. So I was looking at that thing. I was like, Doris, this is your problem. You guys, I called myself every, every name in the book. There's nothing, no, nothing you want to use and insult me that I did not insult myself that day. Everything. I said, you call yourself a fucking perfectionist. What do you know? You are useless. This is an opportunity that people pray for, people pay for. Some people have not even gotten past the stage of passing IELTS. They say they wrote IELTS 10 times. That's the first step. Some people are held back by the fact that their schools will not give them their transcripts. There are different steps of this thing that hold people back. Some people actually did everything right. But immigration offices are taking two years, three years to process the application. But you were so useless and so careless. Oh, I was hard on myself. And I saw that thing. I was like, you call yourself a perfectionist. If it was someone that was reporting to you at work that did this thing and lost the company, something, an important opportunity like this, I'm sure you won their head on the table. Like, you know, we find it so hard to give others grace because we believe that we cannot make those mistakes that people make. When you hear that somebody was swindled, we, I've never made podcasts, Abby. Uh-uh. Why? You know, you should be thinking now. You shouldn't make kind of mistakes now. You should read widely. You should, you know, shine your eye, you know, check. Look before you leap. We make all these assumptions of people. Or we make all these demands of people. So when I was face-to-face with my own self that there was, I could blame nobody but myself. The entire, it was like, I opened the curtain and I saw who was behind the curtain. And it was me face-to-face with myself, looking, my, looking at myself in the mirror. And saying, you ain't shit. You ain't shit. I started looking for a therapist immediately. Same day. Started looking for a therapist. I realized my friend had shared something about some therapist that helped her. Something, something. I didn't even reach out to ask, ask her. I just went, looked for the post, looked for, looked for the page of the people, pay, contacted them. And I said, I need to talk to somebody urgently. Somebody responded immediately. She said, I am the CEO of the company. Something about your application, your case, makes me want to be the one to, to deal with you directly. 
We're going to have a clarity session to talk about whatever before we now determine the program that will work best for you and everything. She said, what time? She understood that this was something that was urgent, right? She's like, she made time available. She was in the UK. I was in Nigeria. Our time difference at the time was like one hour, one hour difference or something. So we're able to make it work. And I remember when I walked into therapy for the first time. And she just said, I think her first question to me was, how are you? I said, I'm fine. She's like, okay, but you're not fine. <laughs> she said, you're not. Like, I'm not your friend. Like, I mean, I would never have known you. I would never have met you if you were fine. So let's talk. She said, why have you reached out to me today? And I said, I have just found out something I did to myself and I cannot, I cannot, I cannot think. I can't get past it. It's, it's, it, my brain is like, there's a blockage. There's nothing. There's, there's pain. Only thing I feel right now is pain. I can't eat. I can't sleep. I can't drink. I can't do nothing. And she said to me, are you a perfectionist? How words? I was like, oh yeah, I think so. I think I am. Okay. Let's talk. And the rest is history. On the Canada side, I talked about sending an email, right? So I went back to my profile. I said, uh, even though I mean it's people's email, there's no how. I used to check my profile every other month. Why won't I see this? So I blogged in and my profile was exactly the way it was. The latest update on my profile was, you have passed your medical test. That was the latest thing. Even the biometric I went to submit, they did not even acknowledge to say biometric received or biometric whatever. I don't even remember if there was anything I was referenced about. My profile looked like nobody had touched it for the one year that I had actually been waiting. So, why is this one you are telling me that you sent me an email? Obviously, you sent me an email, but I thought the primary way of knowing what's going on in your, your application is through your profile. Why is my profile stuck in a limbo and then this has actually happened in real life? Like, I mean, Make it make sense. So I sent a very compelling email saying, this is what has happened. I missed your email. I was using my profile as my primary way of finding out what was going on. My profile still shows that my medical passed and all of that. Even though, let me, let, me, let, me, let me give them the credit. They always say that. Check, read all your, read all correspondence from Canada. Like, you know, like, ignorance is not an excuse or... <laughs> You know, there's no excuse. You cannot come and say, I did not know, I did not hear, or you know what I mean. So they also covered their bases, right? So I was like, this is what happened, though. But I am ready to travel to Canada. I can do a new medical, I can do whatever, whatever, and everything. Sent to them. Ah, God. Mm. People, people are my cover. People, I, I, I love people. Like, I can't even talk about anything I've achieved without talking about people because. God always gives me the right people to help me at every stage in my life. Frank, my friend, called one of our ex-colleagues then, called him on the phone and said, see what has happened. He said, hey, are you, are you the person that this happened to? Because somebody talked, asked that question in one of our Canada group chats, of which all this um, immigration matter, a lot of group chats exist now, people that are trying to travel. I did not used to join any WhatsApp group, you guys. That was one of, one of my own mistakes as well. well. I don't call it a mistake, but just the way I am generally. I don't like all these WhatsApp groups. I don't contribute to WhatsApp groups. I hardly ever engage on, in WhatsApp groups. So I wasn't joining any WhatsApp group. But people had WhatsApp groups of their sets. So people that... 
if you apply in September 2020, you go and find a group of September 2020 people so that you can know what's happening. You can benchmark against your peers, know what's going forward, what's not going forward. They had another one for Accra. They had another one for the entire Nigerians applying for PR. They had several WhatsApp groups, different forums, different things. I was in none. Telegram group. People like Telegram now. All oh, these plenty, plenty things. I was in zero. My whole thing was like, check your profile now. Hmm. So <laughs> I had asked, reached out to somebody to ask, oh, this has happened though. What's the best way to go forward or whatever, whatever. So someone went and shared it on the group asking for their friend. You know how they say, uh, one of my friends, I was that friend that they were asking on behalf of. This guy told me that he said, the insult we've insulted you today. Eh? The insult we insulted this person. I cannot believe that you're the one. I mean, it was funny. The way he was owning up to the fact that they have dragged this person in all, every group that exists. They said a Nigerian did this. They've dragged the person. Ah. I was like, okay, well, I'm the one. Oh, sorry, uncle. It's me. That kind of thing. And I said, okay, you need to go and do a new me- medical. Don't even wait for them to ask you because if your medical has expired, you cannot get into Canada with an expired medical. So sometimes they might decide to extend it all, but with the COVID and everything right now, why would they extend medicals where they want the most healthy people so to speak so you go and do a new one here's a number call this person do this do that so we went into solution mode step by step and that's me that's that's how i work like give me a task give me a project and i will do it so i was like okay fine who am i calling i called went to iom in lagos did a new medical paid through the nose because in nigeria you bribe your way for every freaking thing you guys the actual money that went to iom was forty-four thousand something I paid 60k different to have access to the person that can help me get a date quickly. And now after I paid, they now told me there's another 50k that was pending. That if it's you guys, if it's one family member, there's 50k. If it's two family members, it's 100k. If it's so the the 60k I paid was just to get me a date. Then I will now pay the 50k extra as per the 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 person going for the medicals. At this point, they had asked me to go and bring my my uncle's left teeth. I will anything, you know. So a few hundred and fifty thousand, whatever I was, as in money was no object. I paid. I'd got my new medicals done. I went and I attached it to my profile. Or what was it? Yeah, I think that's what I sent it to them and said, no response to any of my emails or no single acknowledgement. Oh, I was sending them emails. Hello, I just want to let you guys know I've done the new medicals. These are my results. Kindly process it at your own time. Please don't forget that I'm still willing and able to come to Canada. <laughs> And I can come at the slightest opportunity. Something like that. You know, that kind of wording sent again. No communication. But I was already in therapy. I went to therapy because I had this huge meltdown about this, this mistake. My reaction to this mistake had zilch, had fuck all to do with the mistake itself. It was other things, other types of trauma, other... The fact that I don't allow myself to fail at anything because I had failed at something on a very grand scale and I'd never processed it and I just moved on. I just started to shine and soar. So the only thing I was used to was success, like nothing else. Like, I mean, like, I want to be that star. I want to be that untouchable. I want to be that example to people. I, that was the person I had now framed myself to be in my head. I started to uncover the fact that I was only comfortable with life if I was successful at something. And that is the, it's a fallacy. It's like you're living in, in La La Land. How is it possible to go through life without any kind of failure? Do you know how much power you have to have to never put one foot wrong, to never make a mistake? 
My therapist was also a religious person. So she was a Christian like myself. And she said to me, like, even Christ did not even hold himself to this standard that you have tried to hold yourself to. Who are you to believe that this thing that happened to you is so outlandish that, you know, burn her at the stake? She said, you struggle with guilt. This therapy uncovered a lot for me. And for a religious therapist, she did everything to show me where religion was the construct that I had used to hold myself bound to my, my trauma as opposed to what religion was supposed to help me do. Between the months of November and December 2021, I found this kind of piece that was so refreshing. We all make mistakes. People that get married and get divorced, it's not their fault. People that, you know, people that you know, give birth to a child and they cannot take care of the child and leave the child at the church steps, they are also, it's a mistake, oh, but they are also human. Like, everything started to make sense to me. So I started to live my life with this level of, if it's your will, God, you will answer my prayer. I've done everything humanly possible. I've done the new medicals. I've sent them the emails. Take it on from here, Lord. And I started to live my life. So if you... Obviously, if you go back to my social media from that, the end of 2021, I was really having a good time. I traveled to Abuja, myself and Jennifer. We went, we had this huge fun. We're just doing things. I mean, it was good. I came back to Lagos. 2021 Christmas was my last Christmas in Lagos, right? I did some dirty December activities. <laughs> I even threw a party in my house, right? At this point, I had not heard back from Canada. Not one single acknowledgement of my emails. It was two months plus, but I didn't care. I threw a party. I had fun with people. I just was just enjoying myself. Then I had COVID, came out of COVID, all of that. We entered 2022. Before I go, get into 2022, when <laughs> one thing that I remember now when I laugh here was <laughs> I had been clamoring for a raise at work. Then this raise got released and announced and my salary was increased by 30,000 naira. My, my colleagues that listen to this podcast are going gonna, are gonna to laugh because I remember coming into the office that day, no makeup, no nothing, hair in a bun. I was just like, well, this is the Doris people are going to get. This is the Doris people deserve. <laughs> I had a meltdown. I was so pissed. After this guy had promised us that there was something huge, something, something, something huge. <laughs> So when it was now 30,000, like, huh? Oh my God. I was so pissed. I was like, ah, ah, no. My mother said this thing about me. She said, only like me, I'm the kind of person I am. Is like, I can be the biggest ambassador for something here. But if that thing fails me, I'll also be the biggest thing. What's the word now? Critic of the same thing. Because I praise something, I have the right to change my mind when the thing is no longer delivering what it's supposed to deliver, right? I'm not this kind of person that will say, oh, I voted for Buhari, so Buhari will be killing us. But because of shame, because of pride, you don't want to come and say, oh, I was wrong. Me, I'm that person that will come back and say, I was wrong. I'm presented with better information now. Because I remember that day when I was complaining about being increased by 30K, somebody in my office said, my salary was also increased by 10,000. Somebody said I own was 15,000, and why am I complaining? And it was as if the scales fell from my eyes. For the first time, I actually saw the plight of others because 
it's very easy to live in your in your fancy world where you just feel like oh everything is great when people are saying they're not happy and they're complaining about different issues you don't relate to them because you're like oh man i mean well we all came in differently everybody knows what they're dealing with differently man that was a period where i swear i knew that we're all in this together kind of thing like we're all the same we might have different number names different but in terms of our core issues we are all dealing with the same things people just want to feel appreciated people want to feel like they want to be able to cover their bills at the very least so when i was face to face with this thing i remember at that time i didn't even know that another thing that was boiling under the surface was this whole canada thing but i came into the office that day and i just let let anybody that was going to have it have it i'm a man i went home that day and i cried i cried deep i cried deep because i was like ah if only you know i say if only i saw this thing when i was supposed to see this thing what am i still doing here everything was just pointing to the fact that it was your fault it was your fault but because i was in therapy about guilt i was also countering it something that my therapist was tasting me is like you said when the the voice in your head says this you also challenge it and say nope you're wrong nope this thing went to junk mail this thing was even deleted from my mailbox because if you go to my gmail and search you will never see that email the only reason why i saw that email was because my my mail app on my on my mac saves to local so I, I had it saved to my icloud um, and to the root folder in my computer so that's why it was grayed out because it's no longer in gmail right it's just saved to the root folder on my mac that's why i saw that email so there was nothing so eventually i started understanding that it wasn't even in my it wasn't even my fault there were several times where they even sent me hints to say the time they sent me a survey saying we found out that we, we've completed your application. This was around April or May of 2021. Um, give tell us how we did. And I sent it to my my people, all these people that have been advising me about Canada. They said, No, if you haven't gotten an email telling you to submit your passport, that means they have they're not done. So just calm down, ignore it. Sometimes it can be scam, you know, they just explained it away and I left it. So I realized that. There's nothing, I didn't do anything wrong. It took me a while to come to the point where I was like, okay, I failed at this thing, but it wasn't entirely my fault. So, January 2022, at this point, I entered the new year and I sent them another message again. Email saying, hello, I'm still here, your favorite <laughs> podcaster from Lagos. <laughs> No, of course I didn't say that. I was just like, I just want to know whatever, you know, what's the progress? Has any decision been made on my application? Something, something. No freaking acknowledgement, no response. The only thing you get is just like an auto email saying, this mailbox is not, man, is not <laughs> supervised. So we might read it, we might not read it. Something like that. So one day in my office where I was then, there was a gym next, next door. So I went in there, I was having a private phone call. I forgot what it was. So I was sitting down facing a mirror. And then to avoid missing any emails now, I now set up a widget on my phone that had my inbox. Oh my God. Every day when I wake up in the morning, I'll go and read emails. Uh, <laughs> I'll read my junk. I'll read even the junk email of my other email accounts. That's not even my primary email account. The one that IRCC does not even have. I'll go and read their junk, read their email. Like maybe... <laughs> Maybe the email can miss the actual email address and enter the next one in the same phone or something. That was what I was doing. I was a mess. So that particular day, I had my, my widget with my note, my mails up on my screen now. And then I ended. I got so, do not reply. Hey. I was like, oh my God. Um, we <laughs> this, time, this time around, they said, 
something has changed about your application, log into your profile to check, whatever, whatever. I was like, Jesus, this could be it, this could be it, this could be it, whatever. They didn't send me the thing via email anymore. They said I should go into my profile to go and confirm or if this thing has worked or not or something like that. So I couldn't wait to get home. Work could not close quicker that day. And then I went home, opened my laptop and checked, logged in, and there it was. The email asking me for my passport again. God is faithful. This was the first before it was on the 10th of January or 12th of January. The year had just started, but it just resumed work. Whew. And I just called, I just cried. I just knelt on my knees. I said, Jesus, Jesus Christ, you have done this. You did this for me. You know? And the rest is history. But I knew that I didn't have much time. I cannot not be doing young guy again to say, oh, I want to still stay another ass, whatever, whatever. My, my, my deal with God was I was going to stay two years in Lagos. And that exact two years had already happened. I came to Lagos for the first time on the 8th of January, 2020. On the 12th of January, 2022, I got the email asking me to submit my passport to leave Lagos. Not, I mean, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't make this stuff up. It was just not the time for me to go. It wasn't the time. I still had that experience I wanted to have, that independence, that phase of my life that I wanted to experience and all of that. Everything happened the way it was supposed to happen. I just very quickly submitted everything they asked me for. My passport came back with my visa, valid till October. But at this point, my sister was going to have a child and all of that. So I was like, okay, I need to go. I need to go and be there for my family and everything. And I packed up my stuff with my second visa now, right? And I hit the road jack. I landed in Canada. So, I think the biggest lesson for me was just coming face to face with failure. I know I may sound like some kind of sports, you know, proud, perfectionist, whatever, whatever. This is not something that you guys see on the outside. I'm going to be very honest. All you see is my results, so to speak, right? You're like, oh, Doris is a go-getter. Doris is great. Doris is whatever. But you don't know the work that I do within myself to get those results, right? You don't know how I'm very unrelenting, how I don't take excuses for myself, how I'm just pushing, you know, pushing harder. You know, you know? so I used to, I never, I would never fail an exam. I would just make sure like anything I want to put my hand to, I'll do it. Right? Because I, and I have a lot of Bible verses to back myself up, like, you know, whatever a man find it to do do it in all your might like all those kind of things i'll just be pushing so i held myself to a lot of standards that were not visible to the to the next person uh, and then the thing with guilt where i would just not forgive myself for things so because i, I finally had to forgive myself for things i rather not do things so i'll pick myself up for all this stuff this is how i used to just only do things that bring pleasure success if it's not on that matrix forget it but when I came face to face with the fact that I could also make a very rookie mistake, right? Everybody that was doing Canada said, they even tell you people, check your junk mail. If I was even in the WhatsApp group, in all these WhatsApp groups, that day that my email dropped, a lot of people would have also gotten their own emails dropped. So people would say, oh, emails have dropped or go and check. So all these small, small mistakes along the way. So I am also capable of making all these mistakes. I mean, you don't know it all, right? And then something else that I'd always known, right from the beginning of time, I don't compare myself to others. I don't benchmark myself with others. But at the first time I applied for Canada, I learned that you had to sort of do it. So when they say the average time is six months or Accra people take two years, I said, okay, it's two years. But the same Accra office that is notorious for doing things in two years did mine in 10 weeks, if not even less than 10 weeks. 
they said if you have a lot of travel history like myself like when i printed the pages because you have to go and photocopy send them a copy of every page of your passport every stamp tell them when you enter that country when you came out applying for pr is a very daunting process i'm not even gonna lie so even i had the school of thought that if you've done a lot of traveling in your life it takes a lot of time for them to process your application because they have to go and check that you did not do anything in all those countries waiting 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 my pr my my i had like how many pages of stamps? I can't even count them right now. So I, I thought that was actually a candidate that would take long. But my application was done in 10 weeks. It just goes to show that we are all unique. Somebody can have a virgin passport that's not gone anywhere and they will take two years to process their own. While somebody else can be. There is no hard or fast rule. All of these things I had to learn after the facts. And I, I'm even glad for this lesson that happened to me in Nigeria because when I came here, you can't tell me nothing. Oh. I don't know the people that came to Canada the same day with me. Oh. I don't know their WhatsApp groups. I don't know fuck all. I don't know anything. I don't want to know. Oh, I came one year ago. I bought house. Good for you. I came one year ago and now I'm now the CEO of my company. Well done to you. There is nothing. I'm not benchmarking sets with anybody again. There's nothing like sets in this life. Everybody will get to their destination when they are destined to get to their destination. If you're that kind of person that is bogged down, that will be checking, where are the people that we all did this at that time? Where are we today? Where is everybody today? God knows if I was that kind of person, I would have probably you know, left social media. I would have probably, there are different standards that people will be holding me to that I don't, I don't even hold myself to because I don't care. I don't see it. I don't do sets. There's nothing like sets. Like class of waiting, waiting, waiting. Where are all the class of waiting, waiting today? 30 under 30, 35 under 35, 40 under 40. I don't care. That has really helped me. Maybe there are some benefits to caring about those things. Because like I said, if I cared and I was in a group of September 2020 class of submission of PR, I probably have seen that some people said they're getting responses. Maybe I'll go and check my junk mail that, that month. But that's all well and good. But I know that my own, my own was all orchestrated by God's time. There was, there's nothing anybody can tell me. It was not just my time to come. That was why that email was not there for me to see it. I talked to my mentor earlier today. And she said to me, she said, Dari, so I read what you wrote on Instagram. Oh, it's nice and good, though. But I'm telling you, there is no, if it wasn't God's time for you to come, there is nothing. Canada can even come and stand in front of your house and be waving a, waving a flag like, oh, yeah, I'll come. Oh, yeah, I'll come. And you will still miss it. So she said, it wasn't, it wasn't your doing. It was all God's master plan for your life. She said, think about it now. Everything else, as you've come into Canada now, are you not seeing everything playing out? Everything, when you now realize that if it wasn't, if, if I didn't make this exact step at this exact time, I would probably would not have made this exact thing. She's like, so just let go and let God run your life. Hand over the reins to him. And here I am. <sighs> I never thought I was going to share this story because it was one of the things I was most ashamed of. I was very ashamed of it. Because I thought it was just really unnecessary, avoidable. It was very avoidable. So I just did not want to be one kind of perspire to inspire kind of person that would come and milk this story. What is there to milk in this story? There really isn't nothing to milk in the story. Like, am I saying to people that you can, you know, be careless and don't check your junk? Of course not. So it was very difficult for me to come out and talk about this because now I know what I've learned from it and I've even learned more from it than I would have ever, ever learned from any achievement, right? But still, my father says you don't have to experience things to learn from them. 
So I am here today, one year after. Maybe if I've seen that email in December 2020, I probably have come to Canada in February 2021. So maybe I would have been two years in Canada now, or three, two, and going to two and something years in Canada. Where am I running to? Who am I racing with? When did the gun go off? Okay, everybody started running towards a goal. No. A lot of people were inspired by the post. I mean, it came, that post happened on a whim. I was literally talking to a friend of mine and I said, I was waiting on the platform for the train and I was like, oh my God, today's 15th of April. Oh, I'm one year in Canada. It was like one, one hour before I posted the thing was when I actually even on my notes app, I just started writing, writing this stuff. I was like, let me just share it. Maybe there's someone out there that's actually finding it hard to forgive themselves for a mistake they've made, right? Maybe this is your sign to also, I'm not saying it's as simplistic as, you know, oh, forgive yourself no but maybe you can do the work that is required it's pretty good therapy or you know read up on a book or listen to a podcast and just walk through the emotions maybe this is your sign to do that but i just want to i mean wrap up by saying thank you guys for all the support and all the love i don't want to be that oh in canada this happened i got to canada like this so this is how canada so i'm trying my best (laughs) to find other things to talk about and there are lots of things to talk about but um i'm also quite aware that my audience is mostly nigerian and we are all different but we are all the same we all want the same things we all want to be happy we all want to have the basic needs of life met right so i i don't see myself like as any better any happier any cooler any whatever than anybody else and this is what happened to me i want to thank you guys for all the love all the support on this podcast um i also just want to use this um, opportunity to say thank you to all my friends family every person that knew about this thing when i was going through it you guys were my rock you were so supportive you guys helped me thank you guys i love you and i wish only the best and i pray that people also rise up and help you out when you are at your wit's end when you cannot find the will or the zeal to move forward i pray that you have people around you that can hold you up right and i pray that god will never give us a temptation that is too big for us to handle so until i come back on the podcast again have fun take care of yourselves take care of each other bye